and you're ready to receive the word of the Lord this morning. It's good and important that we draw near to him with praise and with fasting and yeah. worship him. And as we do, we open our hearts to receive from him. And we want to listen in now to what he's got to say to us. Listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying. The Holy Spirit wants to use his servant John this morning. So listening to what the Spirit of God is saying to you personally. How he wants to apply to your life. John? Let's just have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your servant. Thank you for his willingness, Lord, to serve you in the ministry of the word. Pray that this morning, Lord, you'll flow from you. Enable you to communicate effectively, Lord, and Lord, to speak to the hearts of you people. We know Holy Spirit is you that, that capacitates and to you that applies the word in our lives. We're ready to hear the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I take it you can hear me. Yeah. I can hear that. You all well? Done. 
And then God began to raise him up into the presence of Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh made him prime minister. Also that he could fulfill God's purposes for the world at that time. And how despite all that his brothers did to him, which they meant for evil and they meant for harm, nevertheless God meant it all for good to the saving of many souls. It's been said that instead of always seeing someone as Satan's agent to destroy you, begin seeing them as God's instrument to develop you. Hmm? We always blame Satan. And we do, he has to be sometimes, but sometimes God uses a person to develop you. A bit like iron sharpening iron, isn't it? Yeah? The path that led them from the pit, sorry, the, the path that led Joseph from the pit to the palace was paved with injustice, disappointment and betrayal. But God used each and every painful circumstance to get Joseph to his destiny. Amen? God can do that for you and I. He can do that. And some people say, why does God allow it? God allows it for a purpose. And we'll begin to see some of that today. I want to begin to look at the all things working together for good that God allows us and uses to get us to his ultimate purpose. And that is of conforming us to the image of Christ. Yes, God has many purposes, but one ultimate purpose to transform us and conform us to the image of His Son. Amen? Yes. There's a lot of stuff in us that does not conform to the image of Christ. <coughs> so I'm going to say, it's just that, that just me. There's a lot of stuff in us that does not conform to the image of Christ. So God has to use circumstances and situations, sometimes good and sometimes bad, to expose the things in us that are not Christ-like so He can deal with it and we can become better people. Attitudes, character flaws, bad habits and besetting sins. It was supposedly said, and I can't verify it because I didn't think then, that Michelangelo had a visit once from a friend. And as that friend visited, he noticed a big lump of marble in the corner. And he said to the great sculptor, well, what's that big lump of marble for? What are you going to do with that? And the sculptor said, oh, I'm going to create the most beautiful horse you've ever seen. He said, well, how are you going to do that? That's, that's impossible. He said, no, I'm going to hammer off and chisel off everything that doesn't look like that horse. And God has to hammer off and chisel off. And sometimes, like the moon, one of them might be a sledgehammer, might be a rock hammer, or one of them big wrecking balls. Bush! Because sometimes there's stuff there that just needs to go. And I'm not the only one who's been there or going through that. How does God do this? That's the question. How does He do it? And so I want to look at some of these. Let me quote from a devotional I read uh, just at the beginning of this week. As with Simon Peter, when the devil asked to sift him, Jesus didn't stop it. Have you thought about that? He didn't 
stop it. He permitted it to happen. He allowed the testing. <coughs> Whatever the source, the testing will put pressure on us and cause us to be cause us to honestly reassess where we are and in whom we find our confidence, stability, and sense of security. Let me say that again. Whatever the source of the testing, it will put pressure on us, and we'll see more of that when we come to the uh, purifying fire. It puts pressure on us to honestly reassess where we're at and in whom we find our confidence, stability, and sense of security. The genuineness of our faith is tested in the trials. If genuineness of your faith, faith is tested when everything's going hunky dory. Yeah. And just around the Christmas time, just before Christmas, uh, I was starting to get sleep problems for quite a few months. But after Christmas, for some reason, my sleep difficulties got horrendous. And not only could I not get to sleep, which I normally would do, not only, not only could I get to sleep, I just couldn't get to sleep full stop. I'd be sitting there, bog-eyed, <laughs> waiting for sleep. I was exhausted, my work, my job's hard, and I'd be sitting there waiting for sleep to come, and it would not come, and I'm sure some nights I just sat up all night. I may have slept a little bit, but it felt like I was awake all night, and I started crying out to God, what is wrong? And I, 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 I got the scripture, you know, search me, oh God, know my heart, try me. Know my, see my, see my anxious thoughts, know my anxious thoughts. And I was trying, I was saying, is there something, am I doing something wrong? And I went, I was going through everything, I just couldn't see what I was doing wrong in my life. And this went on and on, and week after week after week. And remember, I'd have to, keep, have to be away at four o'clock in the morning to go to work some of the mornings. So it was really, really difficult time. But I was, I, some nights I had to go for a walk in the middle of the night. I've been walking the streets up and down, down the road, around all the country lanes, crying out to God, what, what is this all about? What have I done wrong? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why can't I sleep? I need my sleep. I work harder. And all this. But eventually God began to show me that I wasn't putting my full trust and security in Him. I was putting trust in myself and in my work and other things. And God, he used that situation to show me that I wasn't completely relying on him. Now, I'm probably the only one in the room like that. <laughs> I hope and pray that you don't have to go through that. There's nothing worse. I know, I know Christine, for all the reasons, doesn't sleep so well. And we've been able to kind of comfort each other. And that's one of the reasons you go through these things, my friend, because she's able to comfort me yeah. and encourage me. And Joe's been able to encourage me to, to, to go to work on sleep hygiene things, and, uh, which I've been working on. And over the last probably month, I've been sleeping. Four hours, five hours, six hours last night, and we lost an hour. God, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. So we all go through these things, but God uses them. We've just got to get to the point where we stop saying, what are you doing? You know, and 
which isn't wrong, you've got to ask him, but if you ask him in the right attitude, Lord, is there something you want to teach me in this? Is there something I need to know? One of the trials that comes to test us is the pit of testing. <coughs> the pit. Now I'm not talking about the hell pit, the fire and brimstone. You'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. We saw something of this with Joseph who was thrown into a deep, dark pit. So let's look at the pit of testing. So the next slide. Thank you. So can we all say this? So this is the pit of testing. Here we go. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. Then they will put their trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Can you see it? Can you see where this is going? Praise God. When I was in that pit of despair, only maybe for six weeks. But oh my life, what a long six weeks that was. It was awful. What it, they were terrible. You've never seen anything so ragged in my face. I wish bad enough as it's here anyway. Oh my life. <laughs> many people said that they could see it in my face that I was really struggling. And it, it is a pit of despair. It's not very nice at all. Amen. I've only said, and I've only heard it say, I've never been through this one. I've only said that if you fall into quicksand or a swamp, the best thing to do is keep perfectly still and holler at the top of your voice. Because the more you move, the more you struggle, the sooner you'll sink in it. And there's a lesson in this. It really, really is. The more you struggle, the quicker you'll sink. So you need to use your energy in crying out for help and rescue. Can you see? See what I was doing? I was crying out. I was walking the streets in the middle of the night, crying out. And I don't care if anybody heard me or saw me. I don't care. I was desperate. I was in despair. I was crying out to God to rescue me. Because I couldn't rescue myself. And this is a picture you get here that they cannot rescue yourself. The only person who can help you is someone who's standing on solid ground and can throw you a lifeline. Yeah. Do you get the picture? Yeah. Someone who's standing on solid ground who can throw you a lifeline. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And he can pull you out of the mud and the mire. This is the image David painted for us. He's in a situation where all he can do is wait. The more he struggles, the more he will sink. And I've been there quite a few times. You've got to learn to wait for the Lord. Cry out to him and he will hear your cry and rescue you. Likewise, in a deep, dark, slimy pit of despair, there's no way you can get out. So you have to cry out to him and wait patiently for the rescuer to come. Recently, me and Rach watched a television program about the RNLA. Do you remember it? <coughs> the Royal Naval, the Royal Naval Institute. 
and uh, they were down somewhere around Burnham Way, Burnham on Sea, somewhere down that way. And a woman had walked out with a dog onto the mud flats, and she'd sunk up to her knees, and the tide was coming in. And she couldn't, she, I think she managed to pull one leg out of her body to, or something, or possibly. But she couldn't pull out because there's nothing, nothing firm, there's nothing solid to help her pull out. And so there were some people walking, she, she hollered. Can you see the picture? She cried out to them to help. Well, they, they, they did, they had got themselves. So they found 999, they got in touch with the RNLI, who sent out a lifeboat. But even then, it was a struggle, wasn't it? Because the, the, the lifeboat isn't solid. And so they were trying to pull her out. The tide was coming in. She got about 30 minutes left before she drowned. And they were pulling and pulling. Eventually, pulled her out of this pit, well, it's the mud, and rescued her. But can you see the pictures? There's nothing she could do. But if someone comes and was on solid ground, or a lifeboat, they could pull them out and rescue them. And I, now, that stuck with me. I don't know if it stuck with you. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about, I thinking about that. Yeah, I just really, that bit, I mean, it was about a lot of rescues, but that one, just took me all the way there. But the, the, the important thing is, the danger signs are there. If you go to Burnham Sea or Western Superman, the signs are there to be careful of that mud. And my friends, the signs are there for us. They're always there. It's called the Bible, it's called prayer. It's called that inner witness, it's called that nudge. And sometimes we ignore it. Because the Bible says we're all like sheep who've gone astray and we do our own thing and we walk off. We, and sometimes it's, it's just one little degree. But someone said that if, if an aeroplane goes a fraction of a degree off there, it's nothing. But kind of a few hundred miles out there, they go into the opposite direction. And so, you know, sometimes we stray off the path and we get ourselves into danger. It could be from neglecting reading the Word of God, it could be from neglecting prayer, it could be from neglecting having fellowship with one another, it could be for many, many, many reasons. But we go off course and we end up in Stuck. In Stuck Street, yeah? So the Lord, I believe he wanted, he's talking, I know he's talking to somebody, but I don't know. It's also worth uh, mentioning that um, Part of my ministry, I used to be full time in Christian ministry. <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> I used to work full time in Christian ministry. I worked for a circuit of churches. And part of my work, as well as children and, and youth work, was to um, uh, do a bit of pastoral work. And there's a couple I used to go to, and they were both severely depressed. How on earth, you know, they couldn't help each other. Because they were so depressed, it was unbelievable. Um, and so the one had fallen into depression because um, he had gone down, it was just an accident, swimming, swimming pool, down a slide, bumped his head on the bottom of the swimming pool, trauma set in, that led to severe depression. His wife, on the other hand, it was, um, I don't know if they're called chemical, or it was, it was hereditary. So she was suffering from depression and it came through the women. All the women in the family came down through all the women. And so I used to talk to them. But the
problem was, I didn't have a clue what they felt like. I don't have a bad hair day, I still have them so. It could get it worse. And, um, so I've had bad days, but what they were, I could not, I, I just couldn't fathom out what they were talking about, to be honest. And it was very hard to counsel them and minister because I didn't know what it was like. And so um, I used to pray for them, I used to sympathise, I used to try to encourage them, but I couldn't really be of any help to them, apart from scripturally, from Bob, because I didn't know what they were going through. Twelve months later, or roundabouts, my marriage fell apart, ended up divorced. I ended up having to come out of Christian ministry, not because in, in the divorce anything bad happened. You know, oh my God, I mean, it was just that I was divorced and they didn't want me.
But for me, it's what's on the other side that counts. It really is. What's on the other side of this experience, this trial, this test? And um, David's words are clear. He says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many, now he, many will see this. They'll see what he's done and they'll be amazed. Yeah? They'll be amazed. And I'm, I'm hoping you've seen something of God's amazing work just in my testimony. It's not easy to stand up and give testimonies like that, personal testimonies. But let God amaze you, not me. Let God amaze you. You know, six weeks ago, I was desperate. Desperately, desperately, desperately crying out to God. I was in tears. Because I didn't think I'd ever, ever sleep again. That's weird, isn't it? But I did not think I'd ever sleep again. And thankfully, through, through the prayers of the church and leadership, through encouragement from Charles at the back there, and, and for me understanding sleep hygiene and, and what that means and how to get yourself ready for sleep. And then I've been, been listening to the story and I said, I've been, been, been asleep. And then I, I just switched the thing off and I'm gone. Yeah, and I thank God for that and God helped me and the Holy Spirit helped me and the scriptures. He's given me and they will put their trust in the Lord. That is so, so important. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So, the first thing, he pulled me up and he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. Isn't it great to know that someone not only pulls you out, puts you on solid ground and walk with you? Yeah. And one of the things, when you go through the stuff, and we all go through stuff, a lot of times means you can walk along someone side by side and empathise with them. I've been where you've been, or like it says you, I've been where you've been, and this is what you can do, and this is how I can encourage you and bless you. Amen? He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. You know, it's, it must be wonderful. That woman who was in the lifeboat, you should have seen her. You know, the, the relief of coming out of this potential death hole of mud, and then. <coughs> She's in the lifeboat, I take her back to the lifeboat place, and they say, what do you want? I'm a cup of tea. <laughs> the relief. She, she said, I was gone. She said, as far as I was concerned, I'm dead. But she was rescued. And David must have thought that. And I don't know, I didn't think I was dying, but when I was sleeping, I thought, if, it, if this goes on, I'm, 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 I was worried about crashing my, my van going to work, or falling off another ladder, and doing more than breaking, but dislocating my shoulder. But God brought me through. Hallelujah. Yeah. He immediately set his feet on solid ground. Sometimes the reason we end up in the sinking sand like this woman of Burnham is because we move away from the safety of the rock foundation of God's word and of Christ himself and his ways. Like sheep we wander off the paths into sinking sand. But then the good shepherd comes. He comes along. Amen. And he rescues us. He puts our feet back on a firm foundation himself. 
And as we walk back along these pathways, he continues to steady us and sustain us after our ordeals. He repairs us, amen, and then he prepares us, and then he uses us. So he, in that time, even though my body wasn't sleeping, he was repairing me because he was preparing me for something else. I don't know what that is. It might be just for today, and that's enough. But it could be for something else. And then David says, he's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. There's nothing better than personal testimony of God's goodness. Yes. Yeah, amen. amen. Because that song could have been a literal song, because David was a songwriter. He was a composer. <laughs> but it could be a, a song, of, a, it could be a personal testimony. And, and it's important, if you've, gone through, if you've gone through something and God's blessed you and brought you through, get over here. Talk to the one who's leaving and say, can I share a testimony of what God's done for me? Do you know how much he blesses us who sitting there to know that we're not the only ones going through this? I hope this has brought a chord with some of you. You're not, you're not on your own. Even a leader, a worship leader, you know, a preacher, a teacher, some of these big people we see on the stage and we think, oh, they've got their act together. Eh? They might have been helped, but they've probably got there because of what they've been through. Yeah? I can tell you. Whatever we go through, whatever God allows us to go through, and can I emphasize, we go through. Though I go through the waters, though I go through the trials, though I go through the rivers, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though I walk through. We're going through. You don't, you're not going to stay there. I'm getting some sleep now. I'm sleeping regularly. Hallelujah. I'm sleeping. But I wasn't then. But I was only going through. I was only going through. God takes all these things, be they good and bad, and he works them together for good, uh, which in its finality is to shape us into the image of Christ. God works all things together for good. Though it's difficult to see and understand, at the time, there is a purpose in the pit. And most often the end result is so that we can help other people in their need. Grace reminded me on the way of the analogy I like to use, and you've probably some of you heard it before, of how God works all things together for good. He, he, the all things are ingredients. So the cake makers here, like uh, Anika and, and the other ones, and, and Jen Mays cakes, and cakes are made up of different ingredients. And if you taste them on their own individually, some taste nice, and some taste not so nice. So if you like me, if you like kind of cherry bake balls, you know, I like cherry. Glazed cherries, love them. The, um, the raspberry jam, the icing. Um, what else is nice in it? Oh, almond paste, just marzipan, icing sugar. But then, eat a raw egg, or a big mouthful of salt, or a big spoonful of flour. That don't taste nice. So some of the ingredients on the road are nice, and some are not so nice, but when the baker blends, when Anika blends them all together, makes a beautiful cake, that's the end result. All things working together for a good outcome. 
So, for some reason, why I went through this sleep thing, and a lot of it was just to get me into the place where I'm realising that my reliance is completely on him and not myself. Yeah? That was for me. For us, it might be something different. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. People who know we are trusting the Lord are often watching us. And watching us to see how we react or respond to a situation. Like David, they see how God comes to our rescue. They will be amazed at the grace and goodness of God as He leaps us out of our times of trouble. Hallelujah! And puts us uh, in a new road, a new sense of gratitude, a new sense of direction, of praise and thanksgiving in our hearts. Then they will hope in the Lord themselves too. That's wonderful, isn't it? And then lastly, he says, David said, then they will put their trust in the Lord. And often you, you hear someone's experience and it spurs you on to, to trust the Lord more and more for yourself. One of the reasons it's vital to be real as a child of God, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm being real this morning, is so that brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling will see that they're not the only one going through difficult times themselves. I've personally struggled with this message. I didn't want to do it. I'd rather do something on the end times or creation or, or the Lord coming back into power. But I couldn't get away from this. And I can't get away from the other two parts of it as well. The, the purifying fire and the pruning shears. And you probably didn't mind, imagine where that's going. So I've struggled with it. I'd much rather struggle on something else. However, for the past two weeks, I've kept coming back to this for whatever reason the Lord wanted me to. And so I have to believe it's for the encouragement of someone else. Yes. And to the building up of others, another person or others in the fellowship. Or anyone else who will get to listen to this, I guess. Who are going through something similar. Because I, I just want to tell you, you're not on your own. You're not on your own. We're not supermen or superwomen. Even though that's something we know about. It's not about it. Yeah. <laughs> 
churches, that everybody's smiling. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't talk about the kind of like the bad things because there's no bad things as a Christian. Uh, what world are you living in? But God uses the bad and the good as all things together for our good. God wants to make us strong and able to help others on the hard road to life. You know how you get steel? You put iron through the fire and then you pound it on an anvil with an hammer. Anybody ever been on the anvil? No? Okay. That's, why, that's part of the purifying fire. We'll look at that one, you know, where God puts you in the fire. <coughs> and you kind of go, ouch, Lord. Why? And he pulls it out. Okay, then And so he gets on the bellows and it doubles the heat. Oh, Lord, why? And I finished with the end. Let's put that in there. Okay, let's get the hammer. Push it! <laughs> <laughs> it's sparkling. Sometimes it takes that. Well, especially stubborn people like me. <laughs> to, to get us to the place where God can use us. So we're a tool in his hands. Good working tools. And I, you know, I, I, I hope one day I'll get, when I get to see them all face to face, you say, well done. You know, you're hard work, but well done. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quiet hard work. <laughs> However, sometimes we need to go through these hard times, like the pit of despair. I can honestly say I've come through this over the last six to weeks to two, two months, and I feel in a better place. I'm not quite there, but I feel in a better place. Um, but I believe one of the main reasons for it is so that by my being real, it will encourage somebody else. So I'm going to close on these words on the slide. 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, shall we read it? Not let me close them. <laughs> all praise, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God
anything I've said in ministry to you.
which is your ultimate purpose. And I'll be honest, God, it's where I want to be. It's what I want to do. I don't like me sometimes. But I think Jesus Christ is wonderful. Amen. Thank you, folks. If, uh, if anything's touch your heart strings and you feel you need to be in prayer, there's plenty of folk here who can pray for you at the, uh, at the end. Amen.
on either side of the road, and sometimes the uh, firefights break out between rival gangs. And it turns out, uh, I worked it out, that the time that we would have been arriving in Rio de Janeiro, on the leader of May on the red line, we saw it on the television, we wouldn't be involved. And uh, all the people, there, all the cars had stopped, they were on the floor, there was bullets flying across it. And I just praised God. <laughs> you know, I was gutted, I didn't understand why not. And we were upset and everything, but like, then we were just praising God for his goodness. And, and I just think people need to hear that story. Maybe he's questioning, you know, why, why, why are the things not working out? The way that we, we plan for whatever, it can be frustrating, and we don't understand the ways of the Lord. But let's trust him, you know why? Because I had no idea that within 12 months I'd be called out to, to Brazil. And uh, I had two more opportunities to preach in Rio, and we still go to the Rio and everything. Everything I'm going to miss that first time, we did. So praise God. So whatever you're going through, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't leave. Don't depend on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge you. He shall direct your paths. You don't understand the ways of the Lord. Who does? But know that he's got your best interest.